Yeah, man. It is the Random Podcast with Tony Scott. That would be me. Thanks for tuning in. We do this on a weekly basis where we talk about random things. Some of it's pop culture. Sometimes it's politics. Sometimes it's surveys. Sometimes it's it's just life. You can reach me on all things social media and Tony Scott Media. Someone has told me, well, where can you hear your podcast? And I added it up last night. I'm on 10 different platforms. I'm on iHeart and Spotify and Spreaker and Google Podcasts and all that kind of stuff like that. So if you're looking for me, just find me. I'm not going to list all 10 of them. Although maybe I'll put some pictures up on Instagram with a logo. Maybe I'll do that. But I'm not going to bore you with all kinds of stuff like, you know, about where you get my podcast. I'm just glad you're listening. And I'm thankful. So if you were a singer, could you make love to your music playing in the background? Could you do that? I don't think I could. And Tank says he can't do it either. Tank says that it's psychological for him because he'll be breaking down while he's doing his thing with his wife. He says he'll be thinking about, should I I should have done the bridge a little different? And, you know, things like that. And it's like, well, that's not what you want. And his, he says his wife doesn't want that person on stage either. You know, she wants Darrell Babs. She doesn't want Tank. Darrell's his government tag. But there are some women who would prefer, you know, a lot of one night stands, you know, it's all about the fantasy. It's all about the naughtiness of it, things like that. So I've heard. But uh, I don't know. Like, I don't think that would apply to like every profession. You know, if you're having a one night stand with a doctor, are you going to say diagnose me with something, daddy? I mean, you're not going to do that. That's not, you know, if you're with a radio DJ, you know, talk to me in your radio voice. Uh, good body to you, everybody. I mean, I'm not, you know, who's going to do that? I mean, it, it just it just applies to musicians, really, really singers, because you're, you're like a David Sanborn, you know, you're not going to like play your sax while you're, well, I guess you could. I don't know. Hit them skins, dog. I, I don't know. I don't I don't know. But no, I, I couldn't. I wouldn't want the music, my, my music on in the background. And really having for me, having music on in the background is a distraction anyway. Because then I start listening to the lyrics and, you know, and then something profound will hit me and, you know, I might tear up or so. I don't know. I, I just can't see myself doing that. But some people do. And if you do, well, good for you. So what else is going on here? You know, there was talk going around that Ray J, this is Brandy's little brother, right? Ray J, who, by the way, is an astute business person. Well, apparently what most of us probably did not know was he's pretty tight with Suge Knight, who, by the way, the former head of Death Row Records, Suge Knight, he's locked up for 28 years. Although they say he may get out in a little over 20 because of time served in prison overcrowding. So there's that, provided he behaves. But uh, word had gotten around that Ray J was working with Suge Knight. And he is, and so is Nick Cannon, and so is Suge Knight's fiance. Suge Knight's fiance has power of attorney. Nick Cannon's writing a book about Suge Knight with Shook's cooperation. I think Ray J was doing the music thing. But then word got out that Ray J was trying to get Suge Knight out of prison and was going to meet with the Trump administration. I think I may have even told you about this last week. And the Trump administration didn't want to meet with him at the White House. They wanted him to come on the campaign trail so they could pimp him and bring him on stage. One of those, remember when Trump said, there's my African-American over there? That. And Ray J did a video late last week saying, you know what? I ain't talking to Trump about getting Suge Knight out. Come on now. Stop that. This is the second time y'all trying to pull a stunt like this on me. I've been hard, working very hard to build my company. Stay out of this BS. 
So he says that's not true. That's not going to happen. Talking to Trump about getting Suge Knight. I guess people say, well, Kim Kardashian did it. Yeah, well, Kim's got things that Trump's interested in. He ain't got nothing Ray J's interested in. And besides that, Ray J's black. You know how the president feels about black folks. Just saying. Do you know who April Jones is? April Jones is the uh, mother of Omarion from B2K of his two children. Well, they broke up a few years ago. The breakup was kind of hard on her. She admits that. But she started dating again, and now she's dating a guy named Lil Fizz. Lil Fizz is also in the group B2K. So that has to be awkward, right? And she went on social media saying that Lil Fizz puts it down like no one else ever. She's having the time of her life with Lil Fizz in the bed. Which some people took as shading Omarion because, you know, they say Omarion is, is the man. They say if he's at a football game, they need to measure for a first down, they may bring him on the field. That's how much of the man he is. But she goes, well, you know what, maybe so. But uh, he's only paying $700 a month in child support. And he's mean to me is what April Jones. She, she went on, uh, was that Big Boys? No, that was on the Nick Cannon show in L.A., the radio show that he does. And she says that Omarion only pays $700 a month. And she thinks she should be getting more. Well, it's, it all depends. You know, it, it, I've been through this before, but it's different from state to state as far as child support, things like that. But a child, like in, like in uh, where was this, in Texas, uh, a child's entire child support is, can be up to 20% of your income will go to child support unless you can work something out, right? Now, having said that, I would imagine it's a basic formula maybe in California, but it's all about working it out. If you agreed to $700 a month, then that's what you get. You get $700 a month. If your lawyer didn't tell you that, then you need to sue your lawyer for malpractice unless I'm missing something. It seems like that's how it would work. You don't need, I mean, if you need more money, say 700 ain't going to work. I, I need this amount. Now, when you go crazy, you know, and some people, I mean, should Omarion be pay, paying the same child support that, say, I don't know, Usher would pay? I don't, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I don't think so. Because Omarion, to my knowledge, I mean, how much income did he have coming in? What's he been doing the last few years? I don't, I don't know. Maybe he has. I, I don't know. She would know better than me. But if she feels like she needs an increase, she should go down to, you know, through the courts because put it out on blast like this. He only paying 700 a month. Well, that's not going to help the relationship. And you need a relationship with your child's father moving forward because they need, he needs to be in the children's life. And they don't need to see drama when he comes around to pick up the kids or drop them off. You got to take it when you're not together anymore. And it's hard to do. Trust me. I know you have to take the emotion out of it. And I think when you take emotion out of serious decisions, I think you can see things more clearly. But having said that, doing that, taking the emotion out of everything is almost impossible to do. So I believe uh, what happened last week uh, T.I. went on the Ladies Like Us podcast. This is a podcast that is uh, one of the hosts of the, of the show is Nazanin Mandy. Mandy. She's the wife of Miguel, the, the singer. And they did a podcast. They do a podcast. They had T.I. on. And T.I., well, they asked him, have you had the sex talk with your child? 
So have you had the sex talk with your daughter? Deja, right. She's 18, yes, right? Deja yes, Deja's 18. Not only have we had the conversation, <laughs> oh. we have yearly trips to the gynecologist to check her height. Oh. You go- I put a sticky note on the dope. Gyno. <laughs> Tomorrow, 9.30. Doctors maintaining a high level of professionalism. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, you know, sir, there are other ways besides sex that the hymen can be broken. Right. Like bike riding, athletics, horseback riding. That's aggressive. Other forms of, of athletic physical activity. Is she an athlete? Can, no. I say, look, doc. She's not. She don't ride no horses. She don't ride no bikes. She don't play no sports, man. Just check the hymen, please. You, you know, and tons of blowback. Even the podcast itself got blowback. So much so that the two ladies apologized for their, because that was edited. Because there was a lot of giggling and laughing about this that a lot of people took wrong. And so they apologized. They deleted the podcast. You can't even hear it anymore. But once something's on the Internet, it never really goes away. Right. And uh, but T.I., to my knowledge, hasn't really said that much about it. But we knew about that story last week. Of course, you heard about it if you follow pop culture at all. You know, and. I don't know if he. He's not a, a stupid man, but by all accounts, he's a very controlling man. But to put that business out there like that, and like I said, we, we, I think we talked about this last week, but what has come out is that his daughter, he was talking about Deja, who was 18 years old, apparently has been also chill about it, but she's been speaking out in other ways because some of the blowback that got posted on Instagram, she liked some of the comments trashing her father, and he no, she no longer, or she, well, she ever did, I don't know, she doesn't follow her father on Instagram, he don't follow her, so there's that. But I cannot imagine humiliating my child on a level like that, that would bother me something awful. And speaking of awful, John Witherspoon's death certificate reveals coronary disease and hypertension. They, 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 it doesn't say that hypertension killed him, but uh, John Witherspoon passed away October 29th at his home in Sherman Oaks. Uh, they say time of death was about 530. They call for paramedics and then they said, uh, take your time because apparently he had already passed. Uh, But he did have coronary disease and hypertension. Now, whether he knew he had coronary disease and hypertension, that we don't know. Um, I imagine he probably did know. And, you know, sometimes you can you can be addressing a medical situation and there's really nothing you can do about it. It's just it's just that out of hand. And sometimes you think you're doing stuff about it and you don't. You're not really doing anything about it. You know, well, I cut back, man. I'm having salads, but what's on the salad? Uh, ham and uh, ranch. Dr- I gotta have my ranch dressing. No, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. That's that's kind of creamy. Well, you know, I'm having soup and salad, and I didn't put any dressing on. What kind of soup do you have? Uh, cream of chicken. Well, see, cream soups are not good for you. You know, uh, one of the wisest men I know is a guy named Sean Stevenson. He does a podcast. He's a friend of mine. He's a he's a uh, nutritionist. He's he's a motivational speaker. He is. The man. And he helped me out because I had some medical issues some years ago with my stomach. And it turns out he said, I could fix that in a month by changing your diet. He fixed it in two weeks. Right. So to me, he's everything. And he told me, he goes, what is your favorite snack? And I said, I I like potato chips. He says, well, I have potato chips. Just don't eat the whole bag. He goes, you go to these 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 gas station supermarket places and they sell this. They got the big giant bag, but they got a regular size bag that's still pretty big. He goes, don't eat them all. Just because they're all in the bag don't mean you got to eat them all at the same time. It's all about moderation. 
And that's what we have to learn. And, you know, you can apply moderation in everything, right? You have to cut back on going out. You have to go back, cut back on going out to eat. You have to cut back on going shopping. It's amazing how much money you spend when you have that kind of disposable income. And then when it goes away, you'd be surprised how great you can get by with way less money. That is true. That I can tell you is very true. So uh, Robin Crawford was Whitney Houston's best friend. And as according to Robin girlfriend, they had a relationship, a physical relationship. Uh, Robin's been uh, spilling the tea in her book, a song for you, my life uh, with Whitney Houston. And she says that it started when Whitney was 16 and she was 19. They were camp counselors in New Jersey. And she always promised she would look out for Whitney and that stuff like that. Right. But there's some other nuggets in the book, too. She says that she thinks that Bobby Christina knew that Whitney had a romantic relationship with Robin Crawford. And she always she says that Chrissy could have come to her and talked to her about anything. She told her anything she wanted about her mother after her mother passed, but that never happened. She also says in the book that Eddie Murphy tried to stop Whitney Houston from marrying Bobby Brown. Called uh, Whitney on the day of her wedding and tried to stop her. And she also told Wendy Williams that me and Whitney were going to wait for you one day outside your job. And, well, here's how it went down. We didn't know what you looked like. And, okay. our, and our plan was to go down to Hudson Street and squat like Khalif waiting for you. Right outside. <laughs> Robin! I can't even fight! I would have run! You know what? Oh my gosh. We weren't gonna fight. We, sh- we just wanted to see you face to face and have a chat. <laughs> have a chat. Now everybody evolves from New Jersey. I think we all know how that would have gone. Hey, this Sunday, Kanye West is bringing himself and his choir to Joel Osteen's church. The 11, this is in Houston, the 11 a.m. service. He's going to sit on stage with Joel Osteen, and they're going to talk about a half hour or so. They're going to talk about his journey. But the night service that happens at Lakewood on Sunday night is when the choir's coming out, and they're going to throw down. Just saying. That's what's scheduled to happen. You know who Ashley Graham is? She's, she's a model. She's a very pretty pretty lady. She's, she started out as a full-figure model, although she's, she's got in pretty good shape. Uh, but she's pregnant. And she did an interview. She says uh, that praying with her husband, Justin Irvin, makes them horny. Makes them, they, they get off on that. It turns them on to pray together. She says the lights go down, the worship music goes up, and we're like, hello. So after they pray, they rip each other's clothes off and they go at it. Because praying together gets them kind of randy, as they say in some countries. I mean, I'm at a point in my life where, you know, not a lot moves me. But back when I was younger and stuff, the last thing <laughs> that would have turned me on would have been praying. I'm just going to keep it real with you. You know, I don't know. But some, there's some, some things are peculiar, you know. Guy Tori one time told me a story about a woman he was seeing and what turned her. I can't tell you what turned because, I mean, that was told in confidence and stuff. But it was... Quite odd. <laughs> I'll just say that. It was, it was, it was, I was like, seriously? He was like, yeah. 
I said, so did you? He goes, yeah, what the hell? <laughs> that's, that's Guy Tory. Now, if, if that word, if that had gotten, gotten public, gotten, gone public, what exactly she liked and he fulfilled her little fetish, in some states he may have, <laughs> he, may, he may have gotten locked up. I'm just saying. Uh, Tamar Braxton says, if a man, a man is gay, if he doesn't touch you after three or four, ten days, whatever. She went on Instagram and said that. Quote, it's nothing wrong with you, but they will find every reason in the world to make you not good enough. If he lays for you with you for three, four, ten days and he don't touch you, it's not you. He want a man. And that's all my mama, she wrote. It's funny how when people like that, like I've met Tamar a couple times, always been super nice, super nice, right? Just great. But then you you hear about stuff like this and you're like, that's not the same person I, I met, you know, but I only met her twice. So I really don't know her. She's putting on a show or front and I get all that. But it's like, wow. <laughs> you, you, sound, you sound a little insecure with your homophobia there, Tamar. I mean, come on. You know, the, one of the worst things we do as people is put people in a box. You know, he must be gay. He don't want this. He must be gay. Well, maybe he just don't want you. There are people in life who are super beautiful who may not do nothing for you. You know, I'll give an example. I think Mariah Carey was and is a beautiful woman. But she does nothing for me. I think Jada Pinkett Smith is one of the most stunning women in the world. But she doesn't do anything for me. And that's not shade. It's just one of those things. I don't, I don't, you know, and there are women who are quote unquote civilians, not in the entertainment world that I see that I think are, 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 are they're, they're, they're oof, man, but that's not, I don't want to like, you know, sleep with them or anything. I just think they're beautiful. You know, I, I just, I think they are, but I don't mean I want to sleep with them. I, I don't know. But, but there are some people that if you don't, man, if you don't want this, something wrong with you. Why is there something wrong with me? Why has it got to be something wrong with me? <laughs> why Why can't I just not be attracted to you? Why can't I just be like 100% crazy about the person that I'm with? Which is like, you know, my case is like that. I mean, I happen to be madly in love with my wife. Crazy about her. Nuts about her. Hate it when we're not together. But because I don't want you, I don't find you desirable Desire and attraction are two different things. It's a thin line. I get that. But you can't like just, <laughs> you just can't just assume just because somebody doesn't want you, doesn't make a move on you, that they're gay. Or maybe it's me. I don't know. You know what made me sad over this past weekend? Remember, uh, it was, what, two, three weeks ago, Tatiana Jefferson in Fort Worth. She was in her house with her nephew. And uh, a neighbor saw the front door open and the lights on. And it was like 2.30 in the morning. He calls police. He says, you going to come check out on this house because I don't know if something's wrong or not. Police come. They see her through the window and they shoot her. A cop shot her, right? It was, it was sad. It was, it was just a sad thing. And what makes it even worse is her father over the weekend died of a heart attack. Bruce Carter is the uh, spokesperson I guess, for the uh, family and says that Marquise Jefferson, quote, just couldn't get back from what happened to his daughter. 
shot by Fort Worth police officer Aaron Dean, who's been charged with murder and, and resigned before they could fire him. But thoughts and prayers out to the family. That's something. I mean, at the beginning of September, who would have thought that here we are, you know, two months later, month and a half later, weeks later, that a Tatiana was taken from us and her father died of a broken heart. You couldn't have predicted that. That's why people say, tell them you, tell them you love them now, man, because you just, you just never know. You never know. There's a guy who goes by the name of Benjamin Schreiber. Benjamin Schreiber is a convicted murderer. And he's doing life. But he says, I should be uh, allowed out because I died but was resuscitated. So when I died, I served my life sentence. Now, when I first saw the headline, I was like, hmm, okay, that's, that's an interesting take. Uh, he had to be resuscitated five times during a medical emergency four years ago. So he tried to say, look, I died. You gave me a life sentence. I served it. I died. I'm back. But I did die. That should end the sentence right there. The judge was like, no. No, 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 no. He's 66 years old. He was found guilty of first-degree murder over 20 years ago. And he fell unconscious uh, in his prison cell. And he was taken to the hospital and resuscitated. Five times. Judge Amanda, Amanda Potterfield of the Iowa Court of Appeals says that convicted murderers must spend the rest of their, quote, natural life in prison regardless of how long that period ends up. She says Schreiber is either alive, in which case he must remain in prison, or he is dead, in which case this appeal is moot. That's, that's the law, okay? But that doesn't really answer the question. The question is, okay, he died. <laughs> so that's the life sentence, right? But the judge is not, it doesn't work that way. So he stays locked up. I just found that very interesting that <laughs> the argument, I mean, if you think about it just on face value, you go, hmm. <laughs> but the judge was like, whom hell, <laughs> he ain't getting out. Nowhere close to getting out. That ain't going to happen. A Popeye, you know, the Popeye's chicken is back, the chicken sandwich, right? And I was at a Popeye's uh, over the weekend, and that place was a zoo. I think the, the manager was crying. The lady working the counter was snapping at people. It was, it was you know, the, the pressure got to them, man. You know, as long as this sandwich is hot, you, you, I think Popeye's needs to let these people work. They have to work like three-hour shifts. Then you got to have another crew come because they're under a lot of strain, man. But in Fairfax, Virginia, at a Popeye's there, an employee was caught making the famous chicken sandwiches on top of a trash can. Apparently, there was a trash can sitting there. They had a tray over it, and this person was like, you know, sorting out the biscuits or the bread it's on and the chickens and the pickles and all that on a tray over the trash can. Now, the owner of the Popeye's has taken full responsibility. The employee was photographed putting together as many sandwiches as possible but like I said, it's being done on a large trash bin right in front of customers. Customers could see what was going on. The owner says that day Popeye's was overwhelmed. His store, they had only been open a few days. He had brand new employees and somebody had ordered 100 chicken sandwiches. So they were, they were swamped. And they put a tray over the trash can because they needed more counter space. He says the trash can was totally empty. That's not the point. 
He, he ordered another table, though. He says, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to order another table so we never have to use trash cans as tabletops with a tray over them ever again. Now, if you weren't at Popeye's and you know how hard it's been to get this chicken sandwich, you can't even like order like a Uber Eats and order the chicken sandwich. That option is not on, on the menu, so I'm told. But <laughs> you, you're, you're, you're at Popeye's and you see this tray on top of this trash can. Now, this chicken sandwich has, has been hard to get, man. And you're finally there, and they say they got them. Do you stay or do you go? <laughs> I don't want to go to another pop. I'm here now, man. I'm here now. Are you willing to have a chicken sandwich that was prepared on a tray sitting on top of a trash can? <laughs> How bad do you want this sandwich? I'm not chicken guy. I, I, I'll eat chicken, you know, because my wife loves, loves chicken, and she'll make you. I'll eat it. I, I don't really care for chicken, but I'm a team player. I'll eat the chicken. Eat the chicken anime. But, uh, no, nah, that's. <laughs> what? Now, on a much serious situation regarding Popeye's, you know, there's a lot of people losing their tempers about Popeye's in this, in this chicken sandwich. A Popeye's employee has been charged with felony aggravated assault after attacking a customer in a parking lot that allegedly used the N-word at employees. Now, you're thinking, Tony, how come you didn't say he allegedly attacked? Well, because it was caught on video, and it's plain as day. He picked this woman up who was 55 years old, Deborah Staggs. She was in there trying to get a refund because she said she was charged twice for her meal. That's what her lawyer says. An argument broke out inside. With the woman and several Popeye's employees, they asked her to leave, but they say before she left, she called the employees inwards. And then she left, and employees followed her out, and one employee, Darius Hughes, body slammed her to the ground. Broken leg, nine fractures in her elbow, six broken ribs. She's had to have two operations, going to need rehab for months. She says, I never used the N-word. He's been charged with felony aggravated assaults and has been fired. You can't put your hands on anybody, man. You just, you just, you can't, you can't. The minute you put your hands on someone, you've lost half your argument, at least half your argument. You know, unless you were like trying to, you know, to save your life. But if someone calls you out your name, you can't put hands on them. Yes, I can. Well, you technically you can. But here, here's what's going to happen, right? You're going to lose your job. You're either going to lose it on the spot or you're going to lose it because you're not going to be able to go to work like you have been in the coming weeks, maybe months, because you're going to have to hire a lawyer because you're going to get charged. You're going to have to take time off to go to court. And your employer probably doesn't, they don't want any, any parts of that smoke. They don't even want to be associated with anything you've done because it harms the brand. So what do they got to do? They got to turn you loose. Now you're without, you're without a job because you put hands on somebody because they called you a name. Now I understand getting mad when someone calls you a name. That's fine. You have a right to get mad. You have a right to get angry. I'll even back you up if you cuss them out. Freedom of speech, right? But you can't lay hands though. That's when that line gets crossed and that's when people start having problems. A substitute teacher in Texas is having problems. She was arrested. You know, you can't do anything now without it being recorded. That's the world we live in. 
right? Footage of her shows that she punched a student and stomped on her head. Tiffany Shadell Lankford, who's 32, was filmed in, cla- in a classroom at Lehman High School in Kyle, Texas, punching a 15-year-old sophomore in the face, pulling her to the ground, and then stomping on her head. Students reported to teacher that the police came and arrested the woman on the spot, charged with aggravated assault, a second-degree felony. The student has not been publicly identified, but her father took her to the hospital to be examined, and probably after that, called a lawyer. She was immediately fired by the Hayes Consolidated Independent School District, where she had been working as a guest teacher since August. The principal, Karen Zuniga, says under no circumstances that behavior tolerated at Lehman High School or in Hayes CISD. We take the safety and security of our students seriously. We took swift action when this incident occurred and will do everything necessary to protect our students. And they did. She's fired. And now she gets her name all over the newspapers and all over the interwebs. Because she's famous in a bad way. You can't put your hands on people, man. We have to learn that as a people. There are things that we, for some reason, we, we will not acknowledge that we can put hands on people and we're going to get away with it. More than likely, you're not going to get away with it because you're going to tell somebody because nobody keeps a secret. <laughs> they just don't. You know, something will come up and you're with somebody and it'll trigger their mind. They go, yeah, man, I know somebody. Man, I put my, I, man, I punched that lady, man. It happened to me one time. Same thing happened, man. And she made me miss, so I punched her. And then they tell somebody, next thing you know, yes, this is Officer Wilson. I'm here to uh, talk to you about a possible assault. Uh, can you tell us what happened? Next thing you know, you're wearing the bracelets. You got to live to fight another day. You know, there was a story about a, a man at a Popeye's using the N-word, and they took him outside. <laughs> and he's on the ground, and they were like, say you're sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You can't throw that N-word around, man. That ain't yours to throw around. I don't think anybody should use it, but I, I'm, I'm being realistic. I don't think you can ever stop people from using it. Will the black folks stop using it? The white people? No, they won't. No, they won't. No, they won't. <laughs> black folks been using that word. I mean, white folks been using that words and black folks didn't even know what it meant back in the, you know, slaves and all, you know, slaves didn't come here knowing English for the most part. But Trevor Noah was doing a radio interview and Kind of where they were talking about the N-word and white people using it and things like that. And there's a little bit of what he said. Some people curse, some people don't curse. Some people will say the N-word, some people won't say the N-word. But if you are not black, I can save you a lot of stress by just saying <laughs> don't do it. Sounds simple enough. People don't seem to, to really uh, understand that, though. They think they have a right. And here's the deal. You'll get caught on video calling somebody the N-word. It'll go viral. And then you lose your job. And you say, well, I, I, I got freedom of speech. No, 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 no. You have freedom of speech. I, 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 and maybe someone can correct me if I'm wrong. But my understanding was always in taking history classes, if I remember, it's been a long time. Freedom of speech gives you the right to say stuff against the government without fear of persecution, repercussions. Calling somebody the N-word, that doesn't really apply. It doesn't apply. If you work for Popeyes and you call somebody the N-word, you work for, for Walmart, you call us a customer the N-word, you're probably not going to keep your job because freedom of speech doesn't apply. As I understand it. 
How about the guy at the uh, the BART station out in the San Francisco Bay Area? BART is Bay Area Rapid Transit, the, the train, the buses, that whole thing like that. He was detained and harassed by a police officer at a station for eating a sandwich. Folks got mad they had an eat-in protest. Steve Foster was threatened with arrest after an officer saw him eating a breakfast sandwich on the platform. The officer, Dee McCormick, told Steve Foster, you're eating, it's against the law. Steve's girlfriend was filming it on her phone. Officer McCormick says, you're going to jail. Steve says, for eating a bleeping sandwich? He was not taken to jail, but he got put in handcuffs. He got a citation. And Bart spokesperson Alicia Trost says, no matter how you feel about eating on Bart, the officer saw someone eating and asked him to stop. When he didn't, he was given a citation. The individual was not cooperative and was not providing his identification, which is needed for a citation and is why the engagement lasted as long as it did. Bullcrap. The head of the San Francisco Bay Area commuter train system, Bob Powers, apologized. He says, we have to read each situation and allow people to get where they're going on time and safely. I'm disappointed how the situation unfolded. BART officials said the the rules should not be used to prevent people from getting to work on time. So now you can't you can't eat. It's against the law. You know, is it against the law or is it against the rules? There's a difference. There's a difference. But beyond that, what is the deal with people who wear a badge? Some of them. Very few of them. When you talk about numbers, have some kind of complex of they, they're, they're superior when they wear this badge. And it's not true. And you're getting caught. You need to stop that. First new strain of HIV in 19 years has been discovered. It's in the same family of the strain that is the cause of, you know, what we know as HIV. The director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases says there is no cause for concern. Current treatment of the HIV virus are effective against this new strain and others. The World Health Organization says there are over 37 million people living with HIV. Man, you ever get caught in an embarrassing situation? There was a study done that found what's what's really embarrassing in social situations. Right. Public speaking, 32 percent say it's embarrassing for them to speak publicly. Your child have a a temper tantrum in public. Thirty four percent say that's embarrassing. Your significant other has a temper tantrum in public. Thirty four percent say that is embarrassing. Tripping in public. Thirty six percent say that's embarrassing. Now, tripping is embarrassing. Having the hiccups at work in a meeting, 36 percent. I don't find that embarrassing. Falling asleep in public, 37%. I don't find that embarrassing at all. Passing gas in public, now that's embarrassing, 37%. That's kind of low. Forgetting someone's name, 40%. See, to me, that's embarrassing if that person's important. <laughs> like if you listen to, to my radio show, you're important, right? But if I've never met you before and I forget your name, and uh, you know, I don't find it embarrassing. It's troubling. But not embarrassing. Saying something stupid in front of your boss. 43% say that's embarrassing. That's true. That's true. 52% say it's embarrassing to cough in a quiet place. Uh, I don't know if that's embarrassing or not. I'm not real sure what that means. Is that embarrassing? I don't know. 
Interesting. Very interesting. You ever heard of micro-cheating? Micro-cheating is... It's cheating, but it's not cheating, cheating. And there's a relationship expert who says... These could be signs that you're being micro-cheated on. If you're, if you're a significant other, someone you're in a relationship with, keeps their profile on dating sites. Maybe that's how you guys met. And now you are officially a couple. And, you know, speaking of that, men's definition and women's definition of being a couple has always been way different. Right? I mean, it has been. But keeping a profile on a dating site is, is, could be a sign. Uh, still having dating apps on your phone could be a sign, being micro-cheated on. Pretending to be single on social media, that could be considered micro-cheating. Not introducing you to their family or friends. Constantly pouring over a celebrity's Instagram page. Liking posts or sending DMs to attractive people. You're still shooting your shot, man. You're with someone. You're still shooting your shot. Exchanging flirtatious looks with strangers. Being caught somewhere they said they were not. Contacting an ex on social media. And that's never never a good move. Having a work wife or a work husband. And you know what? To me, that depends on how far it goes. I've worked with women that I had, I had great relationships with, but it never went further than the office. And I mean, sometimes we, we go have lunch and stuff like that, but it never went that far. Because I, you know what I'm guilty of? I'm guilty of always talking about my wife. So that's going to turn somebody off. Seeing special friends without you. Special is a relative term. And listing someone in their contacts by a fake name. Yeah, why is that? <laughs> what, what is that about? Who does, you know, it's amazing. I'm, I'm so glad. My wife and I have been together for over 30 years. I'm so glad that in this day and age with technology and spying and I just, there's a lot of baggage out there, man. People, there's a lot of, people are dating and they got a ton of baggage. They bring it to a relationship. I hear it all the time. I, I hear it all the time. You know? Who, did, who, who called you? Somebody. Let me go through your phone. Let me go through your phone. <laughs> I mean, you know, and my phone, my wife, my children know my password. If my phone rings and I'm in the bathroom or something like that, because I don't take my phone in the bathroom unless I'm watching a video or something. But answer it. Answer, I got nothing to hide. <laughs> I'm not that dude, man. I'm just not that guy. <laughs> I got told by a listener one time, you need to turn in your player card. I'm not a player. I never applied for the card. (laughs) I don't even crush a lot. (laughs) I don't crush at all. Come on, man. (laughs) But people are going to believe what they're going to believe, and that's just how it goes. That's really it. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't explain things when people when people see something, they see how they're going to see it, and if if they they will make a case, people will make a case. To make you look guilty before they'll make a case to make you look innocent. That's where we are today. That's really where we are. Because people, we, we like seeing people jammed up. 
That's sad. And that's sad. That's very, but it's true. <laughs> we like people. We like seeing the people's misery, as long as it ain't ours. If it's our misery, we're like, that's not how it happened. That's not what it is. But if it's somebody else, you go, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, just friends. Yeah, okay, right. I had someone uh, on Facebook one time, my cousin Didi. You know, she goes, hey, looking good. I say, hey, cuz, what's up? And we, you know, went back and forth on Facebook. And I said, miss you, love you. And someone says, you tell this woman you love her? Aren't you married? I'm like, yeah, I'm married. That's my cousin. And they're like, yeah, right. And I didn't even say anything. So I was like, you know what? I don't have to explain that to you. <laughs> I don't have to explain that to you. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> you say you love your wife, but you are. No, nah, man. No, nah, man. <laughs> Not me. I'm going to wrap it up, man. I've been rambling on this random podcast. That's what it's called. Random with Tony Scott. Do it like once a week from the studios of Podcast Suites. Go to podcastsuites.com if you're interested in doing a podcast and you want it sounding professional, a professional sound, whether what I say is professional is up for debate. But anyway, shout out to Mark McRae. Shout out to everybody listening and sharing this. You guys have always supported me and I'm always thankful, never take it for granted. Do my best to give you some good content. You can reach me on, on the interwebs, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff at Tony Scott Media. The podcast will be inside the Allison and Mark app and then it will hit the podcast world. So thanks so much for listening. Again, be safe. Stay warm. It's cold over here where I am. But we'll talk again soon. All right. Peace.